0: Looking for coffee that can finally give you the flavor and experience you have been missing? Then your next coffee order should come from CStateCoffee.com. CState Coffee is premium, hand-selected, highest-grade available coffee that is roasted, on order, delivered fresh to you. And right now, you can take 10% off your order by using the code GRIND10. That's G-R-I-N-D and the number 10 for 10% off your CState Coffee order. Head over to Seastatecoffee.com so you can enjoy the smoothest and most caffeinated
1: coffee available. Start your day off right with Seastate Coffee. This week in the Route 1-6 grind, in the outdoor update, we will talk about hides for habitat. And from the field, we talk about off-season physical preparations. In the Rock, Mud, and Dirt, Kevin Yao from Topsdown Jeep Club shares how they are coming together to save a local Jeep week. In Go Adventuring, we interview Season 6 Alone contestant Michelle Ann Wolberg from Legacy Survival Training. Then we wrap up the show with a cup of joe.
0: Route 1-6 Grind, Episode 27, Alone and Amazing.
2: The Route 1-6 Grind is sponsored by Sea State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route 1-6 Off-Road. The Route 16 Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. Each week, we pour a cup of Sea State coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Here are your
0: hosts. All right, welcome back to the Root One Six Grind. Ethan and I are here to help entertain you, educate you, inform you of some amazing things we got going on this week, and some amazing people. Ethan, man, I'm so glad for this week, man. We
1: got a lot of good stuff. What's going on, everybody? And Brian, hello. How are you doing this week?
0: I'm doing good, man. I've been been pretty busy, and you know, like, yeah, obviously, we live in North Carolina. A lot of new things coming out today from the governor. I'm not really appreciative of some of that. Um, but, you know, we're going to get through it, man. I mean, and on uh, the big picture thing, we're going to make it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're you're just busy every week. Always busy, huh? Well, yeah, I think it's, it's really me.
0: I like to stay busy. I, I remember when uh, my buddy Shane and I, he was on the show a few weeks ago. I, I just couldn't – I personally would not function as the Walmart greeter. I'd be organizing the front. I'd be, like, helping people out. I'd be talking about, oh, no, like, the specs on something – I, I really like to stay busy. I like to do that. Um, and I, you know the thing about it is is it's nice having the time to do that. You know, you and I come from an environment where we're gone a lot. Or we're missing these small moments and being able to have these
1: moments now, I appreciate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like you, you really don't realize it because you're in that like high op tempo. And, you know, once you step out of it, you're like, wow, it's I crazy. really have time to st- like stop and appreciate life.
0: I can have a podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All Absolutely. right. So we have a lot of stuff going on and uh, we want to get to the show. So let's go ahead and get rolling. We appreciate your posts and feedback. One of the best ways to help out the show is to post a five-star review with your feedback on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. This helps us grow the Root 1 Grind audience, and we also get a chance to hear from you. So if you love the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts today.
2: The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install. Tuffy security products has adventure ready consoles, drawers, and lock boxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code grind to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up.
1: Welcome back to the outdoor update. This is the weekly segment where we provide you with stories, news and information from the recent going ons in the outdoor world. And this week, as previously mentioned, I'm going to talk about hides for habitat. So hides for habitat is by no means something new. This is just something that, eh, as I was scrolling through, I you know I came across something. It, it was essentially, you know, a, a deer hunter with a ton of hides in front of a conservation post, and I was like, oh, cool. What's this? And it, the more I read, I, I I you know, due to personal ignorance, I just did not realize that something like this existed. Now, this comes from uh, some of these facts I'm going to state for you guys, specifically from Minnesota, and um, it's a program they've actually been putting on since 1985. So, it, I'm going to talk about some of the benefits, what it is, and how you know y- you may be, if you feel compelled, be able to implement something like this with your uh, lo- uh, local conservation office or game warden's office to be able to reap some of the benefits of the, uh, you know, charitable uh, donations you could receive from this. So, um, you know, like I said, it's a pretty neat program that can make a huge difference in your state, your state game lands, your conservation efforts. And what it is essentially is just hunter's harvest deer. Um, You can get with your local game processing shops, et cetera. And these outposts are able to collect these hides, compile them, and there actually are—I uh, don't want to say specialty niche—but you know there are um, consumers that will buy these, and you know be able to make uh, handbags and you know different types of outerwear, and you know they, they do a lot of things for um, you know the needy and stuff like that. So. There's a lot of programs that will purchase these. And Minnesota in particular has been running this program every single, you know, late winter, early uh, you know, early after the new year. Once all the hunting seasons have kind of, you know, slowed down. Obviously they run it throughout the hunting seasons. But um, they've collected over nine hundred thousand deer hides and their sales peaked at roughly five point five million dollars over the last thirty five ish years. So um, some of their allocations of funds, their proceeds went to a lot of things like their state habitat committees, um, which those actually reallocated the funds to organize banquets, you know, kind of like how, um, you know, the Wild Turkey Federations and stuff like that have annual banquets for members, which just, you know, further made the charitable donations, you know, kind of re-proceeds of funds, if you will. Um, they did a lot of local projects with it to, you know, build duck blinds and, you know, different little habitats for for deer and stuff like that, which leads me into my next one. The... Um, uh, over 25% went to the conservation for seed and fruit tree program. So definitely getting out there, um, making sure because, you know, we as Americans, we continuously just monopolize businesses, buildings, homes, subdivisions. So we need to make sure we're um, preserving those, those wetlands, especially those game lands, um, uh, hardwoods that we do have and make sure that we are creating a, uh, lucrative environment you know for our animals um for our herds that way we can you know be able to take our kids hunting and we set up the next generation for success um it also donates to the minnesota deer hunters association and outdoor heritage fund they do a plethora of other things along the same lines um they also donated to the clean water fund um And, you know, like I said, guys, this is just something that it's something so small because otherwise, what are you doing with it? You you throw them away, you throw them out in the woods, you know, you repurpose them as far as uh, animals, you know, they they can uh, consume them and they kind of just erode if you will into the soil and the cycle of life continues but this is something to where you know if if there's a market for it out there i think that this is something that we could organize and get into to be able to um you know accrue some funds and stuff for um the It's just something small on our level that you can do at at a local state to be able to produce some funds to you know keep this uh keep this passion we have going
0: you know, I have so many questions that it, I, I think honestly we probably should look at reaching out. Is it a national Heights for Habitat? Is that a national organization? And it just is a, a Minnesota is just like one of the components of it? Or is it something that Minnesota itself has started and other people can kind of do it? Um, so. so-
1: so, most of the research I did and what I found was it's actually Minnesota Deer Hunters Association puts on hides for habitat. Okay. And ta- it's literally like a librarian drop box. It's, it's you know, they'll, they put these, you know, obviously, it's cooler up there. You're not going to do this in the middle of summertime. No, I but. mean,
0: but you have to think about all these like food, like they're on, uh, so on Fort Bragg, you can say, hey, I harvested uh, my deer. Um, and and maybe you your freezer's full and you're like, hey, I just want to do a cape, I want to do a trophy mount, but I don't, I want this meat to go to some people that are needy. So there are groups that you can donate your harvest to, and so I'm thinking you get with a group like that who collects, you know, hundreds of deer over a season, um, and they're able to now take the hide and utilize it and just like you said like if you have someone that does that service for you you can go to service hey can you donate or give it to me to where I can uh, uh, contain it uh, and preserve it to where I can donate I just I I think it's a great thing because to me it's a a lot of things one it's the respect for your harvest the animal itself you're utilizing every component that you possibly can from it and that's a a great way because again man it's a a life and you want to make sure you, you respect that uh, and utilize when you hide for repurposing. You know, provide warmth and, and you know utility. Uh, that's a great thing. And then on top of it, the money going to all sorts of wonderful things that help preserve and conserve the the. Um the herd, uh, the habitat, like all those things. And you're just, I mean, wow, dude, I'm totally stoked about learning more about this. And, you know, I think we should reach out to them, man, and see if we can bring on the show and, and get the finer details of it and maybe help our audience understand, Hey, this might be something you might be able to do. And they can talk about how they did it and we can learn from it and maybe start it ourselves.
1: Absolutely uh, you know and I think uh, first step would be reaching out to from what I'm even scrolling through now here it's the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association so I'll be reaching out to them just to kind of see hey, you know because it, it appears that they've expanded as well you know it probably started out at some good ideas in 1985 and now it appears that they have drop stations all throughout the northern midwest i don't know <laughs> is that proper yeah it, you know all throughout it, it's some of the uh, bordering states of minnesota so um you know that's definitely something that i could get on board with and if we could help you know further you know um keep that wheel turning we definitely will in our capacity
2: the red worn badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready, be prepared, go warn. <coughs>
1: When you hear the calls, you know we have a report from the field. And this week, I'm going to talk about how important physical fitness in the offseason is and how it can equal success in the fall. All right. So (laughs) this is not necessarily a touchy subject, but definitely something that can be misconstrued. And I don't want to turn anybody away from it because it's like, I feel like there's this demographic of, you know, you, you mentioned fitness and your brain automatically goes to the extreme of like shirtless gym pictures and copious amounts of like preparation to where it becomes not just a lifestyle, but an obsession. So I don't want to turn anybody off by using the word fitness in an outdoor segment, but you know, because I don't want to be the next dude, as Brian said, comes up here and just, oh, more burpees and push-ups. You know? <laughs> That's not what I'm getting at here. But um – you know, it, it's something to be considered because we've all been there. All right, show of hands out there, uh, I, I'm definitely guilty of it. You know, you want to go spot and stock or, you know, you've got your uh, proper layering on, but you're trying to get up, you know, a 20-foot tree stand in the morning while carrying, you know, a 50, 60-pound pack, maybe depending on, you know, your loadout and where you're going. Plus, you're, you know, you're pulling up your weapon or bow or whatever, and you get up and by the time you walk, you know, a mile or something back to your spot, get up in your stand, you're breathing heavy. And that's just like an everyday average deer hunt. Now, let's say you actually do have the passion and and, and you want to go out west and you want to, you know, pursue that trophy bull elk. Well, you're not walking a mile now. You are sometimes, you know, essentially rucking with not a sixty-pound pack, but maybe a hundred-pound pack because you might have your your day bag plus your sleeping situation plus you know your your all your rations, your weapons. You know, pack your trash in or you know pack in, pack your trash out, etc. And you might be moving twelve clock twelve clicks a day to you know close to 10, 12 miles. Um, up and down steep drain in higher elevation. So these are all things to be considered because I actually had a friend one time booked a $20,000 doll sheep hunt or something, uh, hunt of a lifetime. Um, this guy was a really good friend, like a mentor to me. And uh, he went out there unprepared and he said that was one of his biggest regrets in hunting was, you know, not taking the time to better prepare to be able to equal success climbing those mountains. So, um, a couple tips and tricks, I'm going to go over and just put a little, you know, excuse me, I hit the mic, (laughs) uh, little tips and tricks that you can start implementing now that you know it might just help you in that key moment so one of the things i always say is know your terrain so if you're hunting around here where we are uh you know you're not necessarily worried about elevation you're not worried about you know climbing mountains but things that you are worried about uh you know your wetlands uh getting your feet soaked, m- making sure you're, and this is all going to tie in, folks, making sure you're prop- packing proper, you know, f- uh, footwear, uh, extra socks, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, making sure that you're practicing in those times when you're going to be moving. Don't, don't pack your ruck up and do like a, you know, a five-mile hike or something at noon on a saturday you know what i mean you actually get up and make a movement when you're going to be moving you know prior to the dawn um you got to know your elements as i just touched on so you know know your terrain again if you're here if you're up in the mountains um try to i know you can't exactly um if you're going to go on an elk hunt and live here in north carolina practice climbing (laughs) you know uh Ten thousand feet, you know, with the elevation and the terrain necessarily. But hey, if you've got a treadmill or something, you crank that thing up to ten, fifteen percent. Get one of the twenty-five, thirty-dollar elevation masks that restricts some of your breathing. And you know, for a couple times a week, you know, you do a forty-five-minute, two-mile-an-hour pace walk. And it's just going to start to prep your body, know your elements, know what you're getting into again, making sure you're thinking ahead to be able to pack proper wear and, you know, attempt to wear that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean put on your five layer parka in the middle of summer and go out and sweat to death. That's not what I mean. But what I was saying about tying it in Actually use the the pack that you're going to take, you know I highly recommend investing into a good pack heck. I still use my old military Alice pack. It's a great frame It's not broken. Don't fix it Um, But Badlands makes some good packs Um, You know, Mystic Ranch like just do your research find a good pack Um, If you're on the camping side, this is even great for you guys Um, LL beam makes some good hiking rucking packs and pack that thing out for it. I know that you know you you may not again be packing out that you know thousand pound bull elk but you know, it doesn't hurt to prepare for that. And I have friends that'll go deep into state game lands. You know, it, that's the thing too. People don't want to hunt state game lands, but they're only going a mile off, you know, the parking and they're like, oh, I saw a guy and, you know, it, it, you could tell the area was beaten. That was it. I was like, well, you didn't go far enough. You know, you can go 20 miles back into some of these game lands. So being able to get, you know, 10 miles back in there, harvest even a whitetail, uh, quarter it out in the field and pack it out in one go. So when I pack my pack I put a 45 pound plate you know right dead smack in the middle close to my back you know medium low and then you're putting your socks and stuff down uh, off to the sides and then they et cetera, et cetera. I could do a whole segment on how to uh, you know pack your kit but make sure you're packing it with the mindset don't just throw stuff in a pack. Think about, you know, order of precedence of when you would need your food, your rations, your meals, um, in what order, when you might need to change your socks, change your gloves, when you might need to add a layer, you know, have room to take a layer off. And then ultimately how you can pack uh, weight on top of it when you have that kill. And that's how you can, you know, better practice and start getting yourself in shape and mock those worst case scenarios, folks, you know, get up at four in the morning, you know every couple Saturdays and go for a hike, you know, let's say you wake up a little bit late and you're not able to have breakfast and you're like, I'll just have a, you know, a, a meal bar when I get there. Um, so you're, you're rucking maybe a two, three miles on an empty stomach, you know, try doing that fasted cardio, if you will. Um, you know, uh, let's say it, you go out on a rainy day and you know, you have to try to uh, navigate footing and stuff like that. So, you know, mock those worst case scenarios because newton's law it will happen you know the, the day that you're pursuing that big buck that that monster gobbler that bull elk whatever you will so and then nutrition's a big thing the last thing i want to touch on so uh, you know i'm not here to tell you to eat rabbit food five times a day you know we all need to enjoy life and everything but just making sure that we're feeding our bodies all the vitamins and nutrients that it needs because you know when you're, when you get back in there, you, uh, you have to have the the fuel to get back out. So that's just something that I, you know, I always subconsciously think about that. I think not enough people, you know, invest in just, you know, like, Hey, I'm excited. I booked this hunt. I spent all this money and I don't think that they are fully prepared for the rigors, of uh, you know, that some of these Even just going down to your local state game lands and going for a hunt can can entail, because sometimes you might just go scouting on a trail, or you might see that buck, or you might hit it and wound it, and you're in for, you know, maybe it's not the best shot, and you're in for, you know, a a several-hour track through, you know, some pretty gnarly terrain, so... Definitely something to just put in your little brain housing group and toss around in there and make sure you're being productive this off season. Not only prepping your deer with your food plots and your uh, hunting strategies with your game cameras, staying busy fishing, but, you know, take care of your body too.
0: You know, I, I always look at it this way. It might be sunny when you walk in, but it might not be sunny when you're trying to walk out. Mm. Uh, so you definitely have to prepare for those type of, you know, weather changes, all that stuff. And then, you know, you made a good point with a shot placement. Hey, uh, the, you know, the deer, they always like to go to the worst places you never want to walk into. So you take a shot and it goes in into swamp. that swamp. Yep, into that <laughs> swamp. And, you know, to me, you have an obligation to go out and get that harvest it. Um, and, you know, you want to make sure that you have the right gear. So, of course, you're caring for yourself and you're able to get to it and get out and whatnot. And then the whole, you know, self-aid, making sure you have things. You, you might have to stay overnight. You, you you might, you know, hurt yourself. Hey, how do I deal with the, you know, the first aid, self-aid, all that? Do I have communication? Do I have shelter? Do I have fire making? So. On and on and on and on about all these things, and I think you just—it's such a great thing that you bring us out because it's not simply walking out in the woods, taking a rifle, and going, "Hey, I'm I'm going to go out there and harvest something." You might not be successful. On top of it, you might go, you might penetrate an area, you might get uh, a little uh, off course, and you need to know how to navigate out of there. Uh, Preparation there. You can never have enough. I I was talking to my neighbor uh, just today about, you know, you you really want to become real good at hunting. You get really good at scouting is kind of my summary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up some good points that, you know, I didn't even think to encompass. You know, I tried to keep this. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, we guys, we go down rabbit holes, (laughs) but, uh, it's like, it's not even, Yes, fitness and nutrition is one aspect of off-season preparation, but you just brought up so many good points about it's just being totally prepared. You know, take your GPS out with you, you know, know how to use it. Learning and figuring out how to how to use, you know, your navigational device. Well, first off, have one. I highly recommend it. If you're going anywhere, you know, besides 100 yards down back on your parents' private farm, get it. Maybe you don't need it because you can see home. But if you're going on public land or somewhere unknown, you know, that even if you're scouting for the first time, I highly recommend a global positioning device because that thing just may save your life they make e beacons as well um there's gps can admit it heck i think your cell phone granted if you have you know cell service but there should be some uh talking to the towers to be able to uh give you a location let people know where you're going is another big one um, cause yes, figuring out how to work your GPS or something while you're already lost is not when to figure it out. Um, cause you're already going to be at a heightened state and your nerves are going to be a little bit shaky. So practice how you play, go out there, um, be prepared, um, have the proper fuel in your body and make this off season a good one. We'd like to feature your success in outdoor adventures, so shoot the pics over to us with a brief story. Route16.com and select contact. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com and select contact.
2: Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I just got to say, i run a little behind. I, I just caught the episode with uh, two young men. With their hunting YouTube channel, and
3: I got to say congratulations. Uh, a lot of people my age uh, have a problem and complain about the younger generation, but I got to tell you, everybody
2: that I've met personally, uh, they are extraordinary, and I, I feel very comfortable turning the keys of this planet over
3: to them. And uh, with that being said, uh, I do wish you would unload the dishwasher once in a while and try returning the car with as much, if not more,
1: fuel than what you found it in. All right, guys, boys and girls, uh, chat to you later. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you I
0: think there's something inside there Nikki G's saying. <laughs> Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly in the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out the show notes for the links to our Patreon page.
2: The Rock, Mud, and Dirt is brought to you by Warn Industries. At Warn, we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make. You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine worn products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid worn standards, it lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this worn difference, We'll be around as long as Warren Industries is in business, at least another 70 years. Go prepared, go Warn.
0: Welcome to the Rock, Mud, and Dirt, the segment where I talk about people, brands, products, and events from the off-road world. This week, I had the pleasure to sit down and chat with Kevin Yao from Tops Down Jeep Club. Kevin, welcome to the show, man.
3: Thank you very much. Good to hear from you. I hope everything's been going well.
0: Yeah, man, uh, even though the world's on on fire, I'm I'm surviving, man, so we're doing all right here. But, you know, hey, Kevin, so for our listeners and stuff, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about yourself and Top Sound Jeep Club? Well, uh,
3: several years ago, a group of us, uh, we're kind of a transient uh, group club, uh, Jeep club, I would say, because down here at Hampstead, Top Slough, and Surf City, North Carolina, we have a huge amount of Jeeps. I mean, huge amount. A lot of people live here. A lot of people don't live here. They're in and out, in and out. So uh, when uh, the Jeep event first happened down here, when the chamber put it on, we all decided, hey, let's get us, let's get us a club together. And currently, we are 456 strong. Oh, wow. Uh, and, yeah, 456 strong. But what that is, is if you like tops down Jeep Club on the Facebook page, You've just become a member. There you go. We don't have dues, we don't have anything crazy, but we keep people in touch with the goings on of what's happening down here uh in our little coastal Jeep Club, man. And and you know, we got together, uh myself, uh my wife Jill, uh Jerry Hyde and his wife Mary Ann. So we were basically the founding members. And uh took off with it and have been going ever since
0: who, where is your, you know, obviously probably have a lot of members within that general area, but you know, you got out of state members like people up north, South, East, West, or actually West.
3: Yeah. We, (laughs) we've got members that claim us, uh, all the way up in like to Chicago, uh, upstate New York and close by Virginia, South Carolina, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, but they're from everywhere. And uh, they show up down here for vacations. We do, uh, we do meetups and uh, about once a month, especially now that the uh, season's kicking back in down here and all the uh, tourism's rolling in. So we'll do meetups and we'll meet at uh, some local hot spots. Uh, matter of fact, uh, one of our really good friends, Jason Seamus, uh, and uh, over there at uh, Shuck and Shack, was one of our huge supporters. So we get together over Shuckin' and Shack. Uh, that's a nice place. Crab pot. Yeah, that's oh, a nice yeah. place. Oh, yeah, fantastic totally place. Uh, the Crab Pot over here, uh, Brian and Kelly Wheels, more jeepers, you know. Uh, they've got a just reopened, uh, took over that place, and they've made a really good place to hang out, live music and all kinds of good stuff, man. So that's what we do. Uh, we may not have the same people every month. It's uh, it's just people show up <laughs> that is great i love
0: that now you and your club and you kind of talked about it briefly but you and your club have been huge supporters of top sale island jeep week and just recently you know we reported that that event will no longer happen but tops down jeep club said not on their watch you all are stepping up to make it happen so tell us about
3: absolutely how man.
0: that's going to go how's that happen how you took ownership and, and what you're going to do with that
3: Well, previously, uh, I was actually, uh, on the Chamber of Commerce, actually on the board and executive board. And it was, uh, it was my pet project myself and, uh, Chuck Strickland, who was with the Chamber as well. I remember Chuck. fellow jeeper. Yeah, well, hey, man, bad thing happened. Uh, Chuck got smacked in the side and his jeep got totaled. So, uh, he's kind of back in the market. He'll be jeeping again here fairly soon, I hope. But, uh. When, uh, when the chamber decided they wasn't going to do it, our Jeep Club kind of sat back. We took a look at it. I started getting emails because everybody uh, remembers me from Jeep Week. Right. Uh, everybody that attended touched me. Yeah, I talked to them. I spoke to them, and we kept, we kept it going. So our Jeep Club, we sat down, and uh, I said, guys, let me ask you a question. And girls, let me ask you a question. This whole thing uh, with the chamber uh, not you know not going to continue jeep week we're getting people hitting us up on our page about what's happening what do you what do y'all feel about it? do you want to do it so we sat down we did some did some investigating uh, i reached out to our uh sponsors that we had had prior to national dodge jeep national off road man they jumped right back on the wagon with us Good They people. said yeah we're in it. Y'all did it before. I mean, even with the chamber, the Jeep club and its members are the ones we built the courses. We operated the courses. We manned everything, uh, and the staff from the chamber naturally, because they help handle, handle all the paperwork and stuff. But we said, we can't let this go. This is fit. This is year five, you know? Right. And, uh, we just can't let it go away. It's, it's too many good people. But, uh, we, we really wanted to do what we've always done, but the one thing, we can't offer a beach ride this year. I know it's a great thing. It's a fantastic thing, but the, all the towns are doing their beach revitalization from the recovery from the hurricane, so we can't do the beach ride. And- so instead... We're really going to pump it up. Uh, Matter of fact, September 18 to 19, it's a Friday-Saturday this time instead of a uh, Friday-Saturday-Sunday kind of deal because people said we didn't get enough of the obstacle course because we had to drive home on Sunday. We're going to do the obstacle course on Saturday the 19th. Uh, We're pairing up with the VFW over here, uh, our local post. They helped us last year. So we're paired up with the VFW. The VFW is going to do food and cooking and stuff. They're going to help us. They're going to host it for us at their event. Here's the really good thing about it, man. Uh, That weekend, like I said, September 18 and 19 is going to be all about helping to provide for our service members and our veterans that have given it all. And sometimes they need help. So that's right. what we're doing for. Plus, uh, our Jeep Club, every year around Christmas, we do a big fund drive to put money together for, uh, we don't call them needy families. We call them needful families,
4: right. families
3: that need fulfillment. So we help to feed as many families as we can that we get through the counselors of the school systems. So we know they're legit. So, Everything that we make goes right back into the community.
0: It's amazing. So, I have I've been out there. Obviously, uh, a couple of years ago, I was blown away oh, yeah. uh, by the hospitality, the enthusiasm, the general support. There was. V- bring your kids uh, you're I mean this is something definitely you want them to experience as well if you're getting new and something I kind of talked about last week during this segment about hey you know finding out where to meet if you're kind of new to the off-roading or if you're thinking about get into it this is a great event I will tell you though oh, yeah this this obstacle course you better maybe let some of the beasts go at it first so you can judge it this is not uh for the faint-hearted uh, you really got to know what line you're gonna pick and you know maybe I won't do that I'm not really structured for for that you know it looks cool to do some of them but they got a big crane to pull you out and it's a big crane um and i saw a oh, lot yeah, of carnage
3: <laughs> yeah the same group of guys we have an, an amazing 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 safety crew these guys are a bunch of retired and ex-marines uh, A Carlos former Marine. Jeremy, we say former Marine. Fantastic.
0: Huh? <laughs> Marine. We say They're former Marine. Yeah, we're never X.
3: <laughs> well, never X, but <laughs> always in the blood, no doubt. But uh, Carlos Jermio and his his crew, they've been through all the Jeep recovery classes. They've been through the rollover upright classes. They've been through everything. They know how to guide even the most Basic, basic. Never even had their Jeep in four wheel drive. Got thirty day tags on it. Kind of people, man. Uh, we have uh, a turnout lane. If you don't want to do it, you just drive past it. Right. No shame. But we do call it the lane of shame. <laughs> of course, of course. And you might yes. get heckled a little bit. But you know what? You're going
0: to be able to drive home.
3: You're- wait just remember yeah just remember stupid you gotta drive it home
0: (laughs) you you know i you know obviously i've been to a lot of events like this i I will tell you let's let's go ahead and walk the dog on maybe you don't have to give all your secrets up about what you're going to do with that o course but some of the ones that you know you happen every time maybe you can talk about you know let people know some of the things that are a little bit unique with this one because i've gone to other events where they'll have some kind of neat things and up and downs but you know what? There's a couple obstacles here. I only see there at Topsoil Island Jeep Week. Oh yeah,
3: man we uh, we roll out there, uh, and most of the design comes from my sick little mind. Uh, I'm a, I love off roading, and I love kind of pushing things to the limit. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you know it's safe because we have to have a uh, we have to have liability policy. As my insurance company just doesn't want anything terribly crazy, but right. they don't come out there and check it. Last year, uh, just as an example, the last one we did, we had a uh, basically a straight line mud pit. The first mud pit was for the for the grocery getters, the ones that just want to get it a little bit muddy. Right. Uh, then it it rolled up onto a plateau. And then it went into a deeper hole that gradually got deeper, and it had some off-camber pitches in it. Oh, so it man. was pretty crazy. You had to know how to drive. Once you got in it, you better stay in the throttle. <laughs> uh, but we had Clay Meadows. We had Clay, a uh, real good Jeeper, good friend of ours, and he had his excavator out there, and he was busy. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I tell you, the that's – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: This year, this year we're going to have – definitely mud again because the spectators get a kick out of watching it yes this year the mud pit is going to be shaped like like a curling snake
0: oh wow it's
3: going to be weavy it's going to have lefts and rights it's going to have some off camber pitches in it so when you're going in it you're not just driving straight
0: Oh man, that's a challenge right there! Oh my that's goodness, a yeah, challenge. yeah, that's awesome. But
3: there'll be turnouts. There'll be a way for if you if you think you're getting in too deep and you want right. to shoot out, you're more than welcome to. But you're probably going to get heckled. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, we're going to have last year. I had this thing called a floating logs, and we had power poles that were uh, the first one, the middle one, and the last one were pinned in place with giant lag bolts and attached down to the ground so they wouldn't move. But the logs in between it would shift under your wheels. As you were going over, they were going forward or backwards, depending on what you were doing. So that was a challenge to a lot of Jeepers because they've never rolled on on anything like that before. So we're going to reintroduce something similar. It's probably going to have a twist to it as well. Uh, off-camber heels, we had the double humps last year, which were really cool. A TJ driver, myself, built them. And let's just say a lot of JK and JKUs got hung up on top because of the <laughs> long wheelbases.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see why you would do that. <laughs> I have no
3: idea. Yeah. Like I said, my sick little what a, mind. What about what those LJs,
0: is. man? What about those LJs now? Would they make it
3: through? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> if you know how to drive it but yeah. what was cool is that there was a couple of different lines that you could take on it if you wanted to go left you would get kind of a about a about a 15, 15 18 degree angle pitch where you went up around the curve on it and then came back down and the longer wheelbases did fine on that right but uh they wanted to go up and over and a lot of them kind of got up but didn't get over but uh it's it's gonna be a big time. We uh we we'll have all kinds of new things. We had a the balance beam was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh most people can't most people can't keep two of the wheels on the same side of their Jeep on top of a six inch wide beam. Uh so that was a challenge for a lot of people, but our 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 spotters were out there to help guide people over. So it's a truly safe and it's a good event because people learn things at
0: right. It. And there will be people out there to help you. Just you know, I know Kevin will probably said that oh, too. Oh yeah, there are people. If you're like, hey, you know. Get in the crowd, start talking to people. Cause I'll tell you what, the real experienced drivers, they're really not the ones just jumping in. They're going to watch a couple of these, you know, younger guys with full throttle go through and like, okay. And they're going to figure some of those camber places and all that. So get what those guys really look in. And, uh, yeah. So it's a great place again to kind of meet some people and all that. So I got a question for you. Um, what is the most surprising vehicle? that went through some of those challenging, you're like, man, I think you're going to make it. And it ended up making it. What are, What is that vehicle?
3: Man, I kid you not. And I'm, I'm not going to call her out, but it, but it was funny. Is it, there's a friend of ours, that's, that's a Jeep club member. And, uh, she came out there in a really nice grand Cherokee. Uh-huh. I'm talking about, I think she's, I think she had a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk in the back. <laughs> but, uh, she came out there and I mean, took it through the deep section, right? Like, like a beast, you know. That's awesome. Uh, got stuck. Clay had to pull her out. She got it fired up, and finished the rest of the course, and had a good time. But I think my favorite one was uh, a little Comanche. Okay, had been. Uh, yeah, brought it. Brought his little Jeep Comanche out there, man, and it was it was lifted up and stuff. Little four banger under the hood, and he just he just he just puddled through it like it was nothing. Oh, so well, uh, uh, it was classic. Now our buddy Steve Connerly, you know Steve?
0: Yes, got
3: the raging green.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. It's Super just,
3: Jeep. Yep. All throttle, Uh,
0: like uh, a turbocharger, yeah.
3: Every bit of it. Uh, He's coming out, and he has started a new fabrication company and is doing all kinds of custom fabrication. He's going to bring his rig out, and he's going to be helping provide our recovery
0: this year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. He'll he'll probably do it. He's not going to be able to be here. Okay. uh, uh, So... Is it? You say he wasn't going to be there this year. Clay's not going to be able to make it. He's, okay.
3: you? He's running that big monster motor jeep that he's got.
0: Right. 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 Yeah, that so thing. He is, can't
3: make it. But uh, Steve's going to be out there helping us. Okay. And, uh, you know the guys from the VFW are going to be running everything up top while we're handling things down below. Uh, so it's just going to be it's it's an absolutely all around fantastic event i mean what better way to spend you know a weekend you know september 18th and 19th especially now here's the key i gotta throw this out there too because of covid right Uh, what what we're going to do we're not going to start taking registrations at this time because we're liable to have to refund the money if we have to cancel so go to if the people need to just go to top's down jeep club on facebook like us on there this is how you get your invitation what we will do is we're going to put out i'm probably just going to create a group and it will put out and you will get a reservation to attend then once we say we're on the go then we'll start collecting your money for this
0: that's smart man yeah that's really cool because
3: yeah, Cause it sucks to have to refund. Right, money, man. You got you a know? Whole, yeah, I know. Like, dude.
0: Yeah, it, I don't it does. like. I
3: don't like having to give money back. But at the same time, uh, but we're we're really going to roll it out. Uh, we've got to build the obstacle course, no matter what. I'm probably going to start it later than normal uh, because of because it costs a lot of money to rent right. that equipment. And run it. Right. Uh, but. We're still going to – our plans are to go. Uh, our plans are to make it happen. Uh, uh, Crab Pot is a uh, key sponsor. Uh, Shuck and Check is a key sponsor. National Dodge is the big dog sponsor.
0: Yeah, uh, they're, they they're a professional help
3: bunch. us out. Very professional group. Yeah. Very, very professional group. Uh, there's a, even – this is unusual. Uh, one of our kid club members, his neighbor, saw his Jeep and had heard about our Jeep events, went and bought a Jeep, comes back home, and he says, now, are y'all going to do your Jeep event? And he said, yeah, we are. It's called the Tops Down Jeep Club Invitational is what we're calling it. He said, yeah, we're going to do it. He said, good. I want to help sponsor it. He owns a cyber security company. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he just went and bought a Jeep so he could go to our Jeep
0: event. you know what but that's the great thing about you know all these things that we do there's a connection there's I, you know, you meet so many wonderful people while you're in the yeah. off road community, the Jeep community, uh, the wonderful things you're doing, you're focused on to raise money for, the things you do throughout the year, the connections you, because you, you know, think about it is with events like this too, you meet people who have never, ever done anything with their rig and don't realize what it can do. And they can go out and they get the confidence, they get the assistance, it's safe. Hey, if you run into problems, someone can help you out. Like, this is one of those things that absolutely, if you're thinking about, oh, I like to get in. Off road, and this is a good event. You can connect with people, and if there's something like, yeah, I'm not too sure, I'm not ready yet. Hey, you know what? It's too easy to say, yeah, I'll, I'll just take this out, whatever. And and everything is done in a positive way. It's not like you're gonna be heckled and followed and stuff. It's just well, all in good fun, kind of thing. Yeah. I, and I, I tell you, I, I enjoy. Admit, what's up?
3: I was a bad. I was a bad influence last year because uh, one of our uh, Jeep club members, fresh to the game, uh, and she had never in her life, in any vehicle, ever cut a donut in the middle of an empty dirt field.
0: Oh, wow. That's like, hey, you got to do it.
3: Yeah. So uh, I taught her how to do donuts in her Jeep. And uh, basically, she just sat out there and cut circles for about 10 minutes. So it was pretty cool.
0: (laughs) You know what? And then when it snows, it's like, I'm going to go find me a parking lot.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah. It's good stuff, man, and we we really we really appreciate Route One Six for uh, what you guys have done with us in the past, and I hope continue in the future.
0: Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, uh, I cannot say enough, folks. This is an event. This was one of the first events that I really attached myself to, the brand to, when I first started this yes, brand. You did. And, I mean, it is wonderful. I, a, there are so many people that I still communicate. I'm talking not like five or six. I'm talking hundreds of people that I have communicated with, connected with. I see at other events. We get together. And these are the times where I meet them. I see, hey, what's up? I haven't seen them since the last event or whatever. It is such – I don't know. It's like a family gathering in many aspects. Uh, you've really – if this is something that you're thinking about doing – I tell you right now, pull the trigger, go like Topstown Jeep Club, get in the know. We'll put the stuff in the show notes. Now, do you you guys have Instagram, all that kind of stuff? Where else can they find you? I do not
3: have Instagram set up for it yet, but I am going to set Instagram up on it. Um, just the main thing right now uh, is Down is Jeep Club on Facebook. Okay. Um, we've got all kinds of other promotions. We're looking... Uh, we are going to get our 501c3, which the VFW is, so that makes it easy for us to uh, partner with them. But we're we'll be building our own websites and all this other stuff going in the future because I don't know, if you know, I actually own half of a software programming company, and my IT guy will be building a website oh, here. Sweet, real soon. he hasn't quite un he hasn't found that out yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <well>. Uh, uh, <laughs>
0: That's funny.
3: We'll be rolling it out uh, as soon as we can. But right now we're just focusing on staying in the know, uh, trying to keep up with government to make sure we can make this thing happen. Uh, We're planning just lots of stuff to make it. We're doing everything we can.
0: Right. And I know there's so many people that appreciate that, too, because I'll I'll tell you what, I know there's an eagerness to get people to get together. Um, You know, wherever you sit on the fence with the COVID thing and whatnot, I I can say that definitely uh, we definitely need to come together more than ever right now in so many different ways. And one connection that we have is, hey, you know what? We off road. We're Jeepers. Let's get together, be positive, integrate, uh, laugh and and all that stuff and have a good day and help some people that we can help.
3: Absolutely, man. Uh, I know. I I mean, I've been, you know, with my with my other work. I don't, you know, my other work. I've been busy, but at the same time, just not being able to socially network. Uh, We had a we got together with our Jeep group the other night and did ribs and everything here at the house. I had five or six Jeeps parked in my front yard. So, (laughs) right. uh, But just being able to get out with like minded people uh, and associate. Jeepers, we're a tight group, buddy. We are. You know? We are.
0: For we are sure. A very tight group. Well, hey, Kevin, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh I you know, you and I obviously we we chat off and on here and there. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah. And as we get closer to the event, um you guys are welcome back anytime. If you want to just send an update, I'll put it in the show, whatever you need to help you support this event. Uh thank you for your time and everything that you guys do for the community. Uh my best to the club.
3: Yeah. Hey, Tell everybody, just remember September 18 and 19, Tops Jeep Club Invitational. Get it on Facebook, check us out, like us. We'll send out an invitation. We, we won't be able to take all 456 or 500, whatever it ends up, but we're going to have to limit it to a number that we have not decided yet. So when I say go, pull the trigger. It's the best 60 bucks you will spend because we're, hey, we're doing it on the, on the cheap this year
0: oh it's, it's, worth, $60 it. it's worth it absolutely it's
3: worth it Yep,
0: yeah, worth it uh compared to some other places i've gone to where it, the money is not going into uh people that actually need it for what you guys do yeah absolutely worth it good cause has fun hang out with some good people and support a community
3: yeah and maybe i'll have something to raffle off uh, i'm not really sure yet one of my uh sponsor said they might give me something to raffle i'm not sure if
0: he's yeah gonna, yeah i, I know i not. know somebody that might have something <laughs> you know that uh, you definitely will get something from route one six for sure so
3: I, hear you, brother. I appreciate it
0: yeah definitely all right hey kevin thank you so much man best of you in the club thank you have a great day appreciate it go adventure all right welcome back to the go adventuring segment this week we have professional survivalist hunter guide and Outdoor adventure and straight up badass lady, season six alone contestant Michelle Ann Wolberg. Michelle, thank you so much for finding a time to join us here at the Route One Six Grind.
4: I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, man. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about yourself and how you became such an adventurous outdoor enthusiast?
4: Well, I kind of have a you know I have a long and a long story, but uh, to make it fit for radio, let's just go with I grew up, you know, rough and tumble. I was always outdoors hunting and fishing. And I got that from my dad and my grandma, my grandpa, like a long line of people, like outdoorsy people. And uh, I kind of found it was just easier to be myself out in the wild than it was being around people. So some of my earliest memories are just me out being ice fishing out in the cold, you know, all bundled up and hands freezing and looking for your next fish, right? Like
0: Yes, that's
4: awesome. Yeah, pulling muskrats from traps and walking a trap line. And, you know, the snow would be so deep on me, it'd be up to my waist and I'd be plowing my way through, you know. Wouldn't follow my dad. I had to walk beside him, you know, (laughs) I would have followed, but I'm not a follower. I like to blaze my own trail for sure.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is so awesome. So what motivated you to try out for the History Channels Alone series?
4: Well, it was crazy, first of all. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no doubt. No
0: doubt. I mean, I, you know, for me, I'd be like, OK, do I want to put myself out there? Like, am I ready for this? I could imagine all the questions that you'd be going through uh, in order to just even submit your, yourself to this uh, opportunity.
4: Yeah. So somebody I had multiple people tell me about the television show and. I had moved out of country a bunch of years ago, like way back in 2007, i moved out of Canada and I moved down to uh, Central America for a couple of years with my husband and we sold all of our earthly possessions before we left. I kept my car and one or two things. And that was it in, left it in Canada. So like the TV, everything was gone. And I never owned a TV since that, like since then. And, and so I'm not, I don't watch television. And so the concept of, of reality TV I, I've kind of missed that whole boat. Right. And so people were like, hey, Michelle, you got to go on that show. Like, have you seen it? And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> I don't have time for television. Are you kidding me? And and so but multiple people came to me and said, like, you really need to watch this show. You're going to love it. And you should apply to be on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I should apply to be on a television show. Like, who do you think I am? You know? <laughs> That's yeah. not so watch the this, show.
0: It sounds sketchy. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh oh yeah, like I am not the reality television contestants people seem to think I am. Oh. So I watch the TV show. I watch one season, I watch part of the second season, right? I find it on my computer. my husband sets me up because I'm technologically uh, a Neanderthal, you know not <laughs> not up to date on that sort of stuff at all. It's my husband's gig. And I watch it and I watch two episodes of the second season, and I look at my husband and he's looking at me. And he's just looking at me. He already knows. And right. I'm like, do you think I should apply to be on that show? And he's like, honey, like, yes, obviously.
0: <laughs> right right and you know I, I'll, I'll tell you it's like I totally understand the whole TV thing until like when I was in the Marine Corps I didn't have a TV ever yeah. until I had a roommate then I was like okay I got well, I guess we'll get one because he's going to be living here too and he was going to my roommate yeah. guy out of the Marines so I just yeah I'm just not a big TV guy um, but you know let's walk back a little bit so you went from Canada the, the cold you know Arctic and you went to Central yeah. America that's quite yeah. a transition I, I spent time actually in Honduras. I was at the embassy there for a few years. Yep. And uh, just it is a wonderful place to go explore and everything. So that's quite a transition there. So- oh,
4: yeah. Michelle going from playing in the boreal forest in northern Saskatchewan down to the jungles of Panama. Let me tell you, I I am not a heat person. Like right, right. now, it's probably... 23 degrees Celsius, I guess. I don't, well, sorry, Fahrenheit, you know, that conversion. We'll figure that out. People can look it up. It's hot for me. Uh, They got the internet, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's hot. Yeah. Um, And it can get hotter still. But I am like, people are coming in with fish for me to clean today. And I'm just like, I'm going to be out on the pontoon boat in the bay and you can come and find me. (laughs) I'm not doing well in the heat. I would take minus 40 which is water freezes at, you know, zero degrees Celsius. So it's minus 40 degrees below that. And I'm happy. I am outside. I'm riding my snowmobile. I'm doing catwalks on the ice. Like, I mean, I'm hauling in supplies up to a camp. That's my element. And so I go down to Panama and suddenly I'm in the city of like, what, however many people live in Panama, like 1.1 million at the time or whatever it was, you know, it was a culture shock and it was a heat shock and it was I was like, "What am I doing here?"
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's probably so much more busier. So, uh, just so I truly understand this, so you were in Panama when you applied for this, or were you already back home? Sorry,
4: no, no, I had just uh, that was kind of I, I went down to Panama in two thousand and seven, and I applied to be on the show in probably two thousand and sixteen ish. Oh, okay, twenty eighteen. Yep, because I was. Yeah.
0: I was just thinking like, gosh, you went from cold to hot. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go survive in the Arctic. And I'm like, <laughs> holy cow. So that just brings up a good question. What did you do to prepare, uh, f- you know, for this? And and on top of it, uh, how did you prepare your family for this?
4: Oh, I mean, you have to be, I, I'm going to say like for myself, you know, looking back now to even applying to be on it, you have to be kind of a little crazy because you see the suffering that people go through. You see their highs and lows, right? And, right. and anybody who's like, oh, that's a piece of cake. Like they ain't living out in the wild. Right. <laughs> you know, they don't necessarily know what it's like to be dropped off in a location you've never seen or done before. So anyway, you have to be a little, kind of a little bit, you have to be crazy. You got to be on the on the ball and, and, you know, really want it. And then kind of egotistical too, to think that you're going to go on a reality television show that very few contestants have ever come out of it you know uh, gaining weight like um right No you know what i mean and like they don't look necessarily like they've been eating cheeseburgers for the last you know four months <laughs> right right there's there's
0: survival shows and then there's a survivalist show yes yeah i, I totally like, i understand what you're getting at absolutely
4: yeah, folks and so to even to think about applying you kind of have to be you have to be on top of your game like you've got a I mean, not to apply just to apply, but with like when I applied, I was like, I'll make this show. I didn't I mean they don't tell you you're going to make the show, but after watching it, and I was like, oh, this is the thing. Like, I, I've been living this life. Like, this is what I want. You know, I'm going to make this show, I'm going to do whatever I can uh, to make it. You, so no- I applied. And there's a long, they didn't cast me for a couple of seasons because the next season that I had applied to, it was already cast. The season after that was the redemption episode or redemption season where they bring back people who had already been on the show. And then, and then they cast me in the next season because of course, I mean, I watched it way later than what it was actually airing. So I watched, so I applied and then, you know, they kind of make you film a bunch of stuff and send it in and some of that's all. You know, you're not really allowed to talk about how they, you know, their casting process.
0: Oh, but yeah, I totally. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm more focused on your story. Yeah.
4: Industry secrets, yeah. So, but for me to even get to that point, like, I had to hype myself up. I mean, you can't tell yourself you're going on that sort of adventure and be like, well, I plan on lasting at least a week. Like, no, <laughs> man. You, you're going out there and you're like, I'm going to win. Right. There's no option right like you're like well i'm gonna see if i can get some kind of big game and maybe find myself a fishing hole and if everything's good you know maybe i'll stay like heck no you got to go out there like there's one option and it's to win
0: you know and i i I can tell i'm sorry to interrupt but i could just tell i mean obviously i watched that season and just listening to you right now The moment you saw and you were sitting on a couch your husband way back in Panama, you have been from that moment, you were probably preparing for, hey, I may not get on this season, but I'm going to get on. And just this drive that you have and. Yeah, that is just awesome. Uh, far as that, and bringing all this up, and and you know, what about the the things like like you? It's for you. You're like mentally prepared. You 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 got these skills, and and you're game planning things. Or how do you going? What you're going to pack, and all that. But how do you put that in? Now you're you're a mom. I mean, you're a wife, and how do you prepare that for your family?
4: Oh, and I had to go through some huge changes. So, you know, um, I had been, you know, so. I kind of, I messed up the timeline when I said like, you know, I went down to Central America and did that. So the timeline, like just so their viewers are clear how it works. Like I came back from Panama in 2009 and then, you know, and then I had, um, Lars, our son, um, in 2013. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I applied for the show in like probably 2016. So it's quite a few years later, but in that time I had moved out of the city. I went back, I had, uh, Bought some land off my grandparents, and I started developing it. So I had like a mobile home, you know. I fenced it all. I had horses, chickens. I had guinea fowl, you know, and uh, rabbits. I was raising meat rabbits. I was butchering birds for people, laying hens. Like um, homesteading man. House. Yeah, I was painting houses. I was working at a personal care home as an aide and a cook. Um, you know, I was doing everything. And my husband, uh, he was still living in the city. Because the internet connection where we live rurally, it's non-existent. He's a, uh, he's trades a stock market, so he needs internet connection. So we are together, but we have separate houses. You know, he's away working. I'm at home on the farm doing the farm work. And I have our son Lars with me full time. And my grandma's living across the road. My grandpa passed away. And uh, grandma stayed on the farm, you know, and I drive her to town and looking after her. But now I'm going to go away on this television show. And I sign a contract that says I'll I'll agree to live out there for up to a year before they cancel the sh- Like before they call the season. If we wow. were to last. Yeah. Wow. So I, I had to get rid of all my animals. I had to sell them, give them away, rehome them. And I had a month's notice. Like I had a month's notice to know when I made the TV show to when I was leaving. So you had to like, first of all, the animals had to go get rid of all my animals, rehome, like a a horse went to a neighbor's house. And remember, you're not allowed to tell people where you're going. Right. You're not allowed to tell people what you're doing. Nobody's allowed to know that you've made the TV show. Nobody's allowed to know. You're not allowed. You signed confidentiality agreements and lawyer talk, you know, miles high. So So people are thinking
0: like, yeah, Michelle's gone. I don't know what's going on, but she's done.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Exactly. grandma (laughs) the farm. Right. She, because I was looking after her. I was her, I was her primary caregiver. She had to move into a care home in the city. And, you know, Lars went, he was going to start school at the small community school. Um, you know, kind of had it all lined up and like, no, now he's going to school in the city. So I missed his first day of kindergarten, his first months of kindergarten. I'm gone for the TV show. And, and, you know, my husband, like the last thing I did before I'm getting on the plane, like I made him take off our wedding band, you know, off me. Right he's going to wear his I said take it off me like you put it on you know you're going to take it off like that's it (laughs) you know I'm not taking it off you take it off so he takes off my wedding band and he's gonna you know he wears it on his neck the whole time I'm gone and from that moment like I got on that plane and I was like not that my family ceases to exist to me but like they're not waiting for me anymore right at, at the at the start of this now I have, I'm, I changed my thinking to, they're waiting for me at the end of this. Right. Right. Like when I'm finished this job, they're going to be there waiting for me. They're not waiting back home. They're waiting for me at the end when I'm done. Whether if that's, you know, in my mind, I'm like, when I win, they're going to be there for me. Right. You know, like that's, the end. that's my end point. Right. So, so the whole time I was gone, I'm not worried about like, oh no, like I'm missing Lars's first day of kindergarten. I'm missing like my grandma, you know, like I I, like she's my my mom. I'm missing my husband. Like we've been together forever, you know, and I'm like, no, he he's he's going to look after everything. I I trust 100 percent that whatever comes up, he's got, you know, like I'm just going to walk away from all of that right now to go and do this job that like I feel I was really built to do, you know, like this is what I've been doing my whole life. Like, let's go.
0: You know, that in the Marine Corps, we call that mission focus. This is what we're okay. fo- like that right there. I mean, I could take that and extract it, put it in uh, uh, an environment. For this that was just amazing far as that breakdown. And, uh, you know, it, I think, too, is, you know, through through tough periods of life, Um, having that type of, uh, you know, mental focus, uh, mission focus kind of thing. It's going to help you through and, and, you know, getting to that. Now I'm not a big TV show person, you know, but this show just sucked me in. I turned on Netflix and I was like, what is this? You know, (laughs) never even heard of it. Never watched one season. So I just, uh, see, okay, I'll watch this one. Um, and watching each new episode is just something just resonate with and you kind of hit on that. Now, if you're a person has never been challenged in a similar situation, you've never been cold, tired, wet hungry i just don't think they'll get it i mean how do you explain these challenges to people more specifically how do you help them understand the mental and physical demands of something like this
4: so i mean you can't you can try right like so i kind of go on this spiel and i say it took me a couple weeks to find to trap my first game which means for those couple weeks i wasn't eating i mean blueberries ain't cutting it I'm building a shelter. I'm exploring mountains. I'm look. I'm slogging through some of the nastiest tundra you've ever seen. Like, if if you don't know what what those conditions are like, like it's it's a swamp. It's swamp, except it's the ground is starting to freeze. You know, and all your gear is wet, and you ain't got no nice cozy, you know, dryer to put your stuff in. And if you hurt yourself, you've just lost yourself a half a million dollars. <laughs> it ain't, You know, you better right. be careful. So. So now you go two weeks without eating now. So start today. That's what I tell people. I said, you start today and you don't eat for two weeks. I mean, no protein. You're never full. I mean, a couple of handfuls of blueberries and whatever you can scavenge as you're hunting or fishing all day long. You're trying to find your food. There's nothing for you. You go out and build me a shelter that's going to last like the snow is coming. Winter is coming in Canada, in the subarctic, like I'm (laughs) where your little pole shelter ain't going to work here. You're going to need to be able to support, you know, your structure is going to have to be able to support blizzards and high winds and ferocious storms. You're in an area you've never been before. You're in an area you don't know where anything is yet. Now you film it and you film every single detail of your day and relinquish 100% of control of that footage. So if you're walking a new trip, guaranteed that's going to make the television show and they're going to create a story around it because at the end of the day, it's still a reality television show. They're still selling the story to people, right? So their version is, you know, different from what I experienced. But to be honest, like probably 90% of the stuff I filmed was complete shot. Like they wouldn't (laughs) be able to use it for anything. It's bumpy, (laughs) it's jerky, it's too close, it's too far. Like how many photos does somebody take of any one thing? A hundred? And they delete all 99 of them. And they're like, well, this one I kind of like, right? It's the same thing. But now all of those things that you've just done, is going to be watched by millions of people. Your best days, your worst days, when you blow a gasket, when you hurt yourself, when you're feeling emotional or moody. And in two weeks of not eating, let me tell you, you're going to have some mood swings. Oh, yeah. Like, start today, you know? And that's why I say, I'm like, start today. That's what I want you to do. And then come and talk to me about how you're going to do better than I did. <laughs> yeah. And then you feel like these guys, the, like these folks have never spent the night out in a wild by themselves. And I'm like, hey, we're having completely con- different conversations here. Like <laughs> that's right. not the same level of what I'm talking about that I did and tried to do and continue to do with my life, you know? Oh I, so- I,
0: yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah. I, I mean,
0: yeah, I, I think, yeah, you just can't explain. You have to, there's some things you just have to experience. Um, you know, I remember one of my very first patrols um, when I got into the force recon community in the Marine Corps I went two days without water and I was so terrified huh. to tell my team leader cause I just was, I, I'd rather die to get his punishment, but I remembered yeah. the I could feel the blood moving through my veins. And I finally, yeah. I talked to a buddy of mine. I was like, Hey man, I'm out of water. He goes to me too. And we, we were able to, you know, swindle our way to go find some water. But I learned from that lesson and I was, I never ever was run out of water ever. It could be the longest patrol ever, but there's just some <laughs> things you're just going to learn. but on top of it, because of those lessons, you are so much better. I mean, if you, you know, learn from it, I should say. So, speaking of that, yeah, what yeah. did you learn about yourself?
4: Oh, like you said, I mean, you make some of the most ridiculous mistakes, right? And you can make them a couple of times when you're not filming yourself. But all of a sudden, when you have a camera on you, you're like, oh boy, I really did that. I did that wrong. And you're like, oh no, that's going to make the TV show. <laughs> So, it sounds oh, really bad, but it really makes you self-aware self right. of what you're doing, you know? Like, the whole time when I was out there, I really, like, I didn't cut myself, I didn't hurt myself, you know? And, you know, before that, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily a, a klutzy person, but there was times where maybe I would wipe out or do something. And now, I don't cut myself with knives, you know? I, I've always have a fillet knife in my hand, I'm always gutting big game, moose or ram or whatever, you know? Like, I've always got my hands bloody and doing something. And I never cut myself. And then it's not to be like, I'm not bragging, but what happened when I had to self-film myself, I realized how many mistakes I was making that could cost me all of that stuff I had prepared to do for this television show, you know, like, and, and, and so it made me realize, like, I guess that translates to, I had to grow so much more as a person filming myself that I never, I don't think I ever would have got it. If I, if I hadn't seen it firsthand of what I was doing, like filming myself all the time. And then that's also like how much compassion I have for the other folks who've been on this show, who are going forward in this show. And also even maybe for some people who are actually truly famous, like movie stars, you know, um, I'm not one of those, you know, I'm not really famous. Like I did a cool thing, but it's not like on their level and I'm not going to pretend it is, but so much more simple sympathy i don't know if that's the word right word or just understanding about how when that camera is always in front of you and you say one dumb thing or you do one dumb thing it's 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 now forever right you know right i didn't know that before i did i did i'm not dumb but i didn't really understand it on a personal level like i do now
0: yeah, you know, and I, I tell you, like you're being able to look at yourself in those areas versus someone telling you. Um, you know, because plenty of people go to in fact you 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 run a survival brand, but you know, plenty of people go to survival training, they go to things, you know, like you know, I've experienced that. But it's so different if you're able to watch yourself and you're doing those things versus someone saying, Okay, you did this, you did that. Because you know what, some of that's gonna you can go in, but it's not gonna have the same effect. And you are your worst critique, especially if you are that professional, what you are. You're you're absolutely, you want to do everything the right way. How can I get better? And you're always looking to get better. Um, so, I can imagine the levels of critique that you had versus someone else, you know, come in and say, no, you didn't do too bad. Whereas you're like, oh, I could have did this better, that better, and, and everything else. So, that right there, I mean... It is. It's, it's just that I have so much empathy for all of y'all because I mean, I like I said earlier, I just don't think people who have ever been in those situations really can resonate. Can look at, hey, well, you got game in the first hour. No, that was like you said, that was the first two weeks. I was like, no, I thought that was a by least season, like episode two. You were good, right? But uh, you know, but it's like, yeah, you it, it's <laughs> yeah. So. I I I do uh one of the the big things that I've really enjoyed about watching you um you absolutely have you exude confidence and I mean I agree yeah you're going to have to have an an air er, arrogant uh, um a little bit of arrogance arrogance uh, you're going to have to and I I I kind of get that I didn't see that as something negative it's just that hey I am super focused and everything else and you know it, 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 what happened what happened and everything else but I think you did a phenomenal job, and I, I think that anyone that watches that show can absolutely dial on you and and really do a little bit of self awareness and learn from you as well uh, so I, I you know you say you're not a movie star, I think you're somebody absolutely someone can least you know look at and for good reason uh learn from and and all that. So I want to shift gears a little bit. So what day was the, given this entire miserable experience and, you know, I got no food and, you know, my stuff's wet, but, you know, I know the one thing that just from my own experiences and I'm not comparing them uh, at all, but I just know that some days, the most miserable day can be the happiest day, just the way it plays out. But what day for you was the most fun? And And, you know... Even if it didn't make the cut far as the show, but what was that memory that, you know, you just kind of look back, laugh at, whatever, uh, you know, that you could share with us?
4: Yes. I mean, like you said, so many. I mean, I was out there for 47 days, I think. It's, you know, whatever it is, what it is, but um, it gets condensed down to one hour. You know, so much of what I did just never gets shown. Like I built a boat and I'd be paddling around out there with no clothes on because I didn't want to fall in and get wet and be hypothermic. You know, I was like, I could get to shore and build, you know, I've got a fire going and stuff. And like, I did a lot of cool stuff that just, it never, ever fit the storyline that they had to tell, you know? And so you're always sad about that. And even my, um, you know, so many things, but there was one day when I got myself another, like I got quite a few pieces of game. Uh, chicken rabbits and squirrels and stuff and i think they only ever show me maybe getting one or two i don't know but again that's just part of the story that they have to build but and time wise right it's, right that's the show and but anyway this one day i got this chicken and i had already eaten like i already got another chicken in store so i've got more food than i can eat right my your stomach is shrunken down to nothing i can eat like one chicken leg off of a, a spruce grouse and um and you're full, you know, when you make it into a broth. And so I make this broth and my shelter is all done. I've got it all clayed up in the inside, recovered from this little mini fire I had and all that crap that went down. So my shelter is super hot. It's small. It's hold it. It's holds this heat amazingly well. And I'm like, Matt, I am dirty. I stink. Like every animal in this forest can smell me. My hair is like starting <laughs> to hang in like shredded tangles, you know, like, like, I'm looking rough. <laughs> you can see yourself on the camera, and I'm like, that's not going to make the cut because I look like the backside of a dog, and I smell like one too. And so I was like, why am I living like this? And I'm like, I know better than this. Like Michelle, like, <laughs> come on. And so I go out. I, you know, I am. I wash all my pot. I bring it in. I heat it up on my little fireplace. I strip down. I cut. You know. One of my socks had burnt in the fire. So I cut it, you know, I cut it in half with my leatherman. And uh you know, now I have a scrub brush, right? It's like a wool sock, so it's like scrubby is gonna scrub off this grime from weeks of living out in the, <laughs> the bush, right? Just surviving. <laughs> like you're right like every day. You're just you're busting your hump trying to get stuff done, right? So so I go out there, um, you know, I'll get my water heated up, I'm in my shelter, I strip right down it's snowing outside, right? It's snowing. It's below zero. The ground's freezing The little bay in front of me. It's all getting all iced over. You can hear the ice tinkling and, you know, and I strip right down and I have a bath and I had made a little soap out of some soap berries and some spruce needles and some fat from one of the animals I rendered down. I got myself like a nice little lather and I washed my hair and you're going to be like, well, that's kind of princess of you, isn't it? But like, that was my first day really that I was like, Oh man, this is normal now. Now it's like I'm having a bath. My shelter's nice and warm. I'm sitting there, you know, sitting there naked (laughs) (laughs) in my shelter. It's snowing and freezing outside and I'm warm. I'm warm. My hair is drying by the fire. And I'm like, this is what what I wanted this to be. I want them to show this. And I didn't really watch the show because their version's different than what mine is. And I didn't want watching myself on the big screen change how I perceived my my experience but you know I was and I was just like I really want them to show this like me sitting here in my smoky shelter just like man this is great like I'm full I'm clean I smell clean my hair is drying my nails look good like not like they're fancy but I mean like they don't have you know they don't have that like grime under there that you can't like your fingertips hurt <laughs> you know because right. you got build up underneath of your fingernails from like clawing through the wood looking for grubs to put on a hook you know like a bear does and and I was just so content like I was just so happy for much of my experience there and like those evenings so like then I started a routine where it was like every three or four days I'd strip right down and I'd scrub myself clean and so it was just like this really nice relaxing and rewarding experience where you're just kind of you're just living out there you now you're right. not surviving if you're at a place where you can get clean and you can dry yourself off comfortably and there's snow piling up around your shelter, you're you're living there now. You're not just surviving, you know, it, and it changes the way you start to think and, and how you act, you it, know, you're not fighting nature. You're just there now. You're just part of it.
0: It's maintaining that dignity that helps the mental state so much. I mean, Cause you're trying not to just become an animal. You're you're really trying to keep, you know, the human self of you, if you will. Yes, you you you, you need to go out there. You need to hunt, but it's a, that whole mindset and just. Doing that and, 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 you know, getting that dignity and stuff. Oh, hey, I'm going to wash my face. It's, you know, the priorities of work, too. Having that mental game to say, hey, every three days I needed to do this. Now you have a task, something that kind of keeps you busy and it helps you and it just helps that confidence and stuff. Like, I I don't, I'm pretty sure they didn't show that, but I tell you what, when <laughs> <I'm> I, <not. laughs> I I absorbed all that, and I hope our listeners do, um, because I just remember uh, when I, I went through uh, military survival school, and I'm not comparing. It to your experience whatsoever. Um, I didn't spend 40 days in a bush like that. Um, let alone in the Arctic zone. But, uh, you know, they mentioned that guys that were POWs were talking about, Hey, you know, if you can wash your face, wash your face, like little, little things just to kind of keep your, your, that whole dignity. And, and remember, like you're, you're here to freaking survive and, and, you know, maintain yourself, you, you know, that like just guys talking about the simple thing, being able to wash their hands and, and listening to your story just resonated. Some of those things I learned many years ago and, and, you know, and that's something that you assigned yourself. You realize, hey, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? That is just awesome. And again, I mean, I, I really feel like experiences like this, like my son, I really, I liked, I got him in a hunt and stuff like that. Like I told him, I cannot yeah. wait to be miserable with you. And he's yet to understand that because I told him, man, you are going to, you're going to realize there's nothing in life you can do because these experience. when someone says, oh my God, I had a rough day you just don't take them seriously. Sometimes you're just like, what, what, you know, (laughs) dude, you know, so it's, these experiences are just really just amazing. And you kind of help people get into the experience. So tell us a little about your brand legacy survival training.
4: Yeah. So legacy survival training, I, um, I named it such because legacy is the things that we leave behind. What is going to be your story that you leave behind? Well, what are you leaving behind? What have you learned? That. What That's have you, awesome. Uh, what have you taught other people and survival training isn't just about going out in the world or like in the woods and just being like, I'm going to build me a badass lean to like, Oh yeah, I got this. No, it's how do you take the training that you learn from being in the woods and translate it to your everyday life? So how do you go watching game out on a mountainside and, and put that into a boardroom meeting? Because I've done both of those things. I've worked in Borg, you know, right in high <laughs> and suits and stiletto heels. And those things you're like a, they translate into your everyday life. That confidence of, of like, I might not know what I'm doing exactly. I'm not the most skilled contestant out here. I'm not even the most, I don't even rank halfway with the skills and sets of these folks that are on this show with me. In, even my season, like I'm not I'm nowhere near as trained or as good as as they are, like nowhere near. But what I had was just the belief in myself, like nobody's going to do it if you don't Right. for yourself, right? Like nobody cares. If you don't make it, who cares? Really nobody, you know? And like, it sounds like a tough talk or whatever, but you've got to do it for yourself. Yeah. You've got to right like you have to man if you, if i can't like you said i i'm not military I, i'm not married to military you know in canada it's not as co- like uh you know as common say in the us where so many people have military family and not mm-hmm. to say we don't have military here but it's not it's not as Common, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say, but
0: no, no, you're good. I I work with your guys up there. Actually, I was up in Toronto helping them out many years ago. So, you know, I mean, I I, I totally understand what you're getting at. It's just not something that's dominant in our in your culture. It is
4: an American culture as it is an American. And so I have so much respect for everybody who does it, you know, and all of that. But but you guys know. Like, if you go out, I'm sure if you go out on tour with somebody and they're like, oh, man, we're going to get shot at today. Like, what if happens if I die? And you're like, fuck me. (laughs) Sorry. You're like, dude, no. Like, hey, (laughs) we are going to go out there and we're going to kick some butt today. Yeah. You know, we're in this together. We got this. Like, we are a team. You have to have it in yourself. You know, like you have to believe every day that you what you're doing is right and good and that you're doing the absolute best you can. Right right you know like cuz cuz if you don't like that person falls apart and then when they fall apart it's no good
0: it's a domino right? effect it literally is what you just said is so true when one falls or one loses that it's a domino effect in those challenging situations i mean Michelle, I mean, I'm totally off, off script here, but you really should look at becoming a public speaker, man. I mean, the, everything <laughs> that you're saying, I'm telling you right now, everything that you are sharing with me, I've heard from, you know, I was in a special operations community in the Marine Corps, the Force Reconnaissance meeting. I've heard from all throughout my career and different aspects from ex- experience season, but it's just that mental fitness that you have and that self-drive that you have, it's so critical in the most challenging situation. Just like you said, whether it's out in the bush or it's in the boardroom, I mean, no one's going to do it. No one's going to care. You got to do it and you got to care. And it is just, yeah, yeah, I I I love what you're doing there. Love it.
4: Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm teaching. And uh, I do a couple events where, you know, people have me come in and talk to some folks and uh, some ladies retreats, you know, and stuff like that lined up. And Um, you know, I just been, I wasn't expecting necessarily to become super reliant on that aspect of the business. Most of my bread and butter comes from, you know, from guiding, um, and being out in the woods, but then folks come and hang out with me for a little while on a hunt. And then they're just like, Hey, that's really cool. I learned a lot of stuff from you. You know, I learned something here that I've never learned on any other hunt in the world. And, and, and then they need something to follow. They need to go, like, where do I find you again? You know, and so I started up this business going, it's not just about like me putting on classes and like filling seats. It's like life, you know, life lessons, like real life experiences. Like, I am not perfect. I am not the best at any one thing. I'm not the experts on every, any one thing. I just really, really want to live. I really want other people to live and, and work. You know, I, I guess that sounds bad, but. But when you, when you have to work and you have to build a community, there's not so much division, right? It's not us right. versus them. It's us and them, you know? And if you have to carry, help carry somebody else's load for a while because they just can't carry it anymore. Like, you pick that shit up off the ground and you put it on your back and you carry it for how much that person needs, you know? And then you let them pick it back up when they've got their breath back, you know? Like, build up your community. Like, be strong. Come together. And, and share the skills. I don't have to be paid for somebody to come and do, you know, to come and learn from me. You know, it just turns out that I work full time now as, a, as a guide and I'm traveling all over Canada doing hunts and fishing and sh- stuff like that. And, and, you know, so it's just about passing that knowledge on to, to other people as they come along. Just survival isn't, isn't just about being in the bush. It's about living your life the best way you can and going in with the confidence and and knowledge to know, like, I'm not the best at it, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going to do the best that I can. And that sounds really elementary, except no. it's not.
0: No, I, I totally dig it. Like, You know, two things uh, I talked with my youngest son about is uh, you never stop learning and knowledge is useless unless you're able to share it because if whatever yeah. you know if you take it with you then you know think of how many other people it could have helped and how they could have grown and shared that information so yeah that is that that's awesome and and I have been on your Instagram and, and I follow you and I've seen the the hunts and just the happiness that are going on uh, there and you, I love that you shared the fact that it's not just hey I'm going to track this game okay hey there it is I take a shot okay we'll wrap it up and cut it up and let's get going but there's all these lessons and that entire journey is an a, a, i loved it when i was an instructor because i said like, you see out here it's a 360 degree classroom and i totally utilize that and i just love that it sounds like you're doing the same thing a total different aspect but you're you're teaching the entire time and i can just see that now as far as hunts and fishing adventures what are your favorites and why
4: oh like stories you mean or places no, that just, i'm working. hey this game like
0: hey, i really enjoy this game like i'll give you an example I never turkey hunted in my life until last year. I just got back into hunting last year, like straight up. I went on a pheasant I for decades. I didn't hunt and I was in the yep. rain court and just, you know, whatever. Uh, but I got back into it and pheasant hunt. Then I went on Turkey hunt and I heard one gobble. That's all it took. We didn't get game that day. I, a whole year I prepared and I got a Turkey <laughs> this year. And in fact, I'm looking at the fan right now. And, uh, you know, like there's just it is such, and people are like, "Oh man, I see those things running around all the time." You have no idea because the rules when getting them are different than you know some other game. You don't bait them, uh, you know, and then getting that gobble, getting them to come in close, and you know the you're using a shotgun. It's it's something about that game I so enjoy. It is a true, you know, it's a true challenge in so many ways. Um, and then far as fish, you know, there, gosh, there's so many great fish out there. You know, I like bluegill. I'll be honest with you. They got a good bite. Like they, they, they put a little for that little fish. It puts a pretty good little fight and it's kind of fun. And you just give them away and just to bend the pole kind of thing. But far as with, with you, you know, what are those things that really energize? Like, you know, does a certain game you enjoy stocking because it's just so knowledgeable and it's territory, it's hard to find whatever it may be. And then far as fish, Hey, maybe it's just good to eat. So,
4: okay. So, Uh, Last year, I worked as a guide um, up in the Yukon for a a company called Blackstone Outfitters. And uh, they just do world-class hunts for, uh, you know, fannin and doll rams. They've got moose, uh, caribou, wolves, uh, grizzly bear, uh, like, you know, so a a big run of stuff you can go hunt. And so that was the first year that I I was working as a wrangler slash guide for them. Uh, did a lot of more wrangling and, and whatever else, but they, so we went on these ram hunts and, you know, you got to saddle up and you go climb mountains and like, I'm not a climb mountain. I live in Saskatchewan. It's pretty flat. Let me tell you, <laughs> like there are jokes about Saskatchewan being flat. It's and it's
0: so, like the Canadian Kansas. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, really. And so, so now I'm in the mountains and I'm climbing and I am out of shape. So, you know, I did the show in 2018. I go guiding in the 2019, so it's just about a year, not quite a year later, and mentally and physically, I cannot explain to you the abuse that I put myself through. Uh, it wasn't, you know, like what they show on the show wasn't exactly all that was happening. I needed five liters of, of fluid to bring, to stabilize my heart in the hospital when I left the show. Oh, wow. I was dehydrated from vomiting. I had a dirty, dirty, I was vomiting for three days, and my heart, like I, it was, it was a mess, and. I had dead patches of skin throughout my body just from losing so much body fat at the end, going through a refeeding program that they put you on. Cause if you start eating right away, you're, you can die, you know, right. it stops your heart basically. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, and then. So that's like kind of the physical side of it, but mentally the whipping I took, like having to go home, (laughs) I would, uh, no, I was not ready to go. Didn't want to. I waited three days. I almost died. I did. You know? I remember that. You know
0: what? I loved, I'll be honest with you, and I'm not saying this, and I love the fact of your thought process and you were like, when you were talking to the camera and you're really talking to yourself of of the breakdown is, Hey, you know what? I, I have goals in my life. I don't want to put my body through like, I totally got it. And I had so much respect because one of the biggest things is when to know, Hey, this is the right decision. And I, I had mad respect for you to make that call because you know what you, you do, you have things that you still wanted in life and to do. And, you know, uh, yeah. And, and then off top of it, no one knew what was going on with you until like, I think the last, that last part. And it was like, Holy cow, dude, like I can't even imagine
4: (laughs) the last week. Right. But it was hard on my body. The point I got a little bit off topic there, but no, mentally, good. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put clothes on in the morning. You know, when I got back home, it took me like a month to get just about a month probably to get back home after leaving the show, and uh, I couldn't put clothes on in the morning without second guessing myself. And I'm not a fancy dresser. I was like, I'm like, oh, those pants I've worn for two weeks. I don't care. I put them on. Like <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. Me. i couldn't get dressed without second guessing that decision for somebody like me who i'm just like i'm a go-getter i'm gonna it takes me seconds to make up my mind to do something i'm already doing it it's not it's and i can't decide what to wear so now i'm gonna be like a guide right i'm going out now you know i get better I st- i'm working as a fish guide up at a squad again lake lodge and and uh helping run the camp there worked in the winter working in the summer I get out of there, I've got job, you know, lined up for whitetail guiding in the fall. And then this opportunity kind of comes about that I can go guiding in the Yukon. And I mean, I haven't, I'm still not even myself. I'm not even a part of my confidence back. You know, my personality still a little bit muted. I'm not, I'm not totally myself. It took, took me a long time to recover from that, from that whip and no, I, I d- took.
0: <laughs> I understand. Yes, I, I, did. I totally get it.
4: Yeah, so now I'm like climbing mountains. I'm out of shape because I had gone through all this, like not even a year before. It takes you a long time to build back your muscle, right? Like a long time, you know, to build your weight and your muscle and your endurance right. back up after something like that. So I got my backpack on and we we're hunting for rams. And, uh, you know, we spent the night out a couple of times. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're staked out on a mountain. You're waiting for the fog to clear so you can... You know, you can scope across because you got to find. You know, these rams either you know have to be fully mature, full curl. You know, like there's things right. Gotta count the rings. Count, gotta rings on there. yeah, count rings. You know, all these things. You can't get close enough. We've got horses. You know, and you're doing all of these things, right? And the guides are teaching me everything that I need to know because I uh, I haven't even seen a ram like in my like at a zoo. <laughs> Drive it through Banff, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm a ram guy totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, <no. laughs> like, I've just spent like six months on a boat. So yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and before this, I starved myself to death and lost, lost the competition on TV, but sure, you know, <laughs> so, I'm out there, I'm going for it. Right. And finally, our hunter, uh, he finds the exact ram he was looking for. Like the exact ram. It was the exactly right color. It was broomed off on one side, just like he wanted. And was hoping for, right? Like these guys, you know, they have these hunts specifically that they want. Right. So we, so we, we part him out, you know, we, he takes his shot. He, he takes the ram, beautiful shot. Um, The ram, of all things I've ever seen and experienced, the ram decides to go down the mountain to drink water at the bottom before our hunter shoots him. So I don't even have to, I have to climb down the mountain. Oh
0: man, you got a gift.
4: Oh, like never happens. That never happens. And. We had to ha- we had rode horses for a couple of days looking for him, like away from camp or whatever, right? And the uh, the rams that we had found, this hunter there was an interest of him. And this ram, we ended up shooting right close to our camp. We we were able to walk it back. Oh man! The that- ram up in my backpack, right? And I'm like, I say to the guide, you know, I just said, if if we were having a hike across mountains, there's no way I could carry this load. And I'm way slower than this guy does. He's totally in shape. He's been doing it for months and years before this. You know, he's like seasoned, young, strong guy. And I said, okay, well, like, let's put it in. And so my pack's like 60 pounds or something. And I'm like, all right, I'm 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 going. I'm going to go ahead to use in case you have to catch up to me, you know? And so right. I hoop it back as fast as I can. And I get back to that cabin with like, this guy's meat, you know, and I start cooking it up. And the guys come in and I've got heart in the pan for them you know, and it's all ready to go and we're sitting there and it's like, then you start relieving that hunt, right? Like this is exactly what this guy wanted. Like he's sitting there now with this, the, the skull in his hands and people find it morbid and gross, but it is, this is what I do, you know?
0: No, no. I Yeah.
4: Like, yeah. And he's telling the story. He's telling the story about how this is exactly it. This is exactly what he wanted. We found a ram that was bigger than this, but it wasn't what he wanted. This is what he saved up his entire life for, for this. Wow. this hunt you know and it, and and you're just like oh that's you know right then i was like i'm not selling hunts i'm not just hunting right you're you're fulfilling people's lifelong dreams and then they tell you stories like oh my grandpa you know he told me once about this kind of hunt and i've always wanted to go on it and he passed and i wish we could have gone together you know and and so you hear this from people or they come up fishing here to a squad again, Lake and and like people bring Their grandpa's ashes to spread in the lake, you know, and and it's like it means so much more to those people than we think it means to them. And so, I'm not just going out just killing stuff for the fun of it. I mean, I love shooting gophers. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Like every go, there's no dead good gopher. That's not a dead gopher. Like (laughs) exterminate them things. (laughs) Oh man, I just thought of (laughs)
0: Caddyshacks.
4: Yeah. but <laughs> but you know and so people find that morbid that yeah no I'm going out there and I'm encouraging people to hunt and live these stories or whatever but every time they step foot out there and they have the story to tell me about you know grandpa or grandma or my mom or I did this when I was a kid and now I'm bringing my kids and my grandkids to to do this with you Yo, you're, you're you're creating those memories for those people like life memories it, you're you're doing something for them that that they're not going to get by watching television Absolutely not. Yes. Be fulfilled, you know? You know, for me, that's the best part of my job.
0: That, I'm telling you, like, I'm just, man, I'm taking all this in. Yeah, this is one of the biggest motivators of why I really wanted to start this podcast because I, I started really like my brand with off road stuff and you know Jeeping and all that. But I was like, man, I do so much more and I want to share so much more and and these things are connectors too, you know, because I associate with people like politically on a different spectrum. But we get out there and we do our thing and and all that. But you know, you know, you brought up something that just resonates when someone sees that skull, that you know, crowfe, whatever. I mean, hunters are probably more like that. Harvest is is something more. It's almost you know it's just the lack of a better word. Almost like spiritual. Like you're so much respect for that animal that you have. You're gonna you know you know go ahead and and you're gonna use the meat. You're gonna use what you can. All that stuff. And when if someone chooses to mount that that every time they look at it, they're thinking that whole story that whole experience and it just warms their heart. And it's not. And I, I can't. I share this all the time. It's not even about the kill. You know. It's not even about that. It, it is so much more. And, you know, when I, my son just, he got it, his first son, he got a pig last year. And I said, you know what, man, guess what? We're going to eat that pig. You, you're you providing for your family. We talked about it. like, yeah, I, I'll always have that, man. I mean, it, it is just amazing. Like, I love how you, that story you shared all that. I, I'm so glad that we're able to kind of do this, Michelle. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know. So far as everybody, they want to follow your adventures, follow your story, everything. You know, where can they find you and continue to follow you? And and on top of it, if they want to try and book you for one of these, you know, memory builders, you know, how they do that.
4: Yeah. So I have a Facebook page. It's called Legacy Survival Training. Um, and then it's got my name tagged onto it. Michelle Ann Wahlberg. I don't accept personal friend requests on my personal Facebook because, I mean. Weirdos. I- <laughs> my life, like my kid, my kid that's, you know, like, uh, I share so much of myself, follow me on my business. It's where most of my stuff gets posted. So legacy survival training, Michelle Ann Wahlberg. And then my Instagram, I have a open personal uh, Instagram that everybody's following. It's just Michelle Ann Wahlberg, uh, M I C H E L L E A N N E W O H L B E R G Michelle Ann Wahlberg. And yeah. then as far as the hunts and pricing, you can look up uh, Blackstone Outfitters in the Yukon. Felt just like it sounds. Squadigan Lake Lodge um, on Facebook. That's I S K W A. Oh, goodness me! now we'll,
0: not we'll put it in the show notes. I, I we're good yeah. far as I'll yeah. make sure that these are linked in, uh, so people can go to the show notes, look at it, and we'll make sure that people can get there. You can hit me up. I'll I'll send you there.
4: Exactly. And then, so it's I-S-K-W-A-T-I-K-A-N. And then I also do like uh, whitetail, like big Saskatchewan whitetail hunting, which is a memory like totally a lot of people have. And I work with Great Grey Outfitters and Western Trophy Outfitters here in Saskatchewan with that. So I do uh, whitetail black bear, I do fishing, and then also the, the big game hunts that are, you know, just the, uh, the next level of hunting right i mean you can hunt right. every species on earth and never never have experienced a ram hunt you know in the mountains um so no i'm totally if people hit me up and follow me i try to respond to messages that people send me um good and bad <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's good.
4: i'm not always polite though if you send me a bad one i'm not gonna lie if right. they haven't I don't from the way I talk or from the way I've lived my life. I mean, that's on you. Don't be upset if I send you back something nasty. No, saying.
0: man, you know what? Hey, you know, I think they're just this is what I love about doing this is I think it helps people communicate because I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations about hunting with people who just look at it like, oh, I can't believe you do that. But because there's, a, it's a skill that's lost. It's a total skill that's lost. And that when they hear stories like you and they you share that experience and you talk about that, the independence you gain, it's, the kill is the smallest part of it. And on top of it, we haven't even got it. We haven't even dove into the whole conservation of the herd and all this other stuff, herd oh, management. Yeah. like People People don't realize that hunters are probably the best environmentalists that are out there. Like when they you are. want to talk about putting dollars and putting time and volunteer and doing all these things to ensure that there will be a herd in the future for your children and their children and all that. No one com- contributes all that more than hunting and, you know, fishing to a fishing community as well. But, but yes, oh, that, it, that right there. Okay. Yeah.
4: Like I count animals, I count the number of does and bucks, and and I take a hoof score on them, and say like, and I report it back to the the you know the owner of the whitetail camp. And I'm like, today I saw X number of does around this bait. Right. You know, there are this many in heat, right? They're hot, they're ready. <laughs> There's this many who are who are not, you know, and 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 that's so that we can plan out our next year's hunts and the hunts after because. If you're, if you're hunting, like straight up, let's just go there for really quick before we end. If you're hunting or fishing with somebody who doesn't care about what the limits are, if they don't care, oh, like let's hunt an area clean. Don't support them. I don't support that. Like I'm not, and I'm all about hunting. I'm all about fishing. But if you are somebody who's like, ah, shit, just kid, just you know, no big deal. We'll just mark it down as whatever. No, like don't support those people. There are plenty of on the up and up outfitters and, and out there support those folks for sure. You know, like, because, those other guys that's like supporting a criminal i i ain't for that
0: <laughs> no i'm with you, and that's too, and you brought up a good point with making sure do your uh good due diligence to ensure this is a legitimate outfitter there's a lot of you know sidebar outfitters and what that you get into those realms because guess what if you're out there hunting with them you're regardless if you knew or you don't know um, you're just as much trouble as they are. Uh, yep, so you need to do your due diligence to ensure you're going with a, uh, registered outfitter and, and, and someone that's, you know, doing the right things if you will. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah. Well, all for conservation. Thank you for having me. No,
0: I, I tell you, I could literally talk to you for another hour, Michelle, and I, I would love to bring you back on. And I'll tell for you sure. what, I'll, I'll hit you up and we'll find a good time. And maybe you were doing one of those crazy other RAM adventures or whatnot. But feel free to send <laughs> us a note every now and then, you know, just let us know, hey, I was out today. I'll put the clip in the show. I I think there is a lot that you can provide our listeners. I think you can, there is so much that you can provide, you know, people who kind of need that that confidence build. And I, I think this would be something, something i would absolutely direct them to you and believe me if i'm ever up in that area i'm looking you up i know there's plenty i could learn from you and i I, again you did an amazing job on the show appreciate you finding time with us i know you're busy with all the things you got going on um thank you thank you very much
4: no thank you for having me i again i totally appreciate it and i know i could learn a lot from you guys too so yeah we'll keep in touch and uh yeah we'll take it from there
0: all right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Give, tell Lars we said hi. We love seeing all those fishy catches up there. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, he's been in count for a long time. Let me tell you, he's starting to get a little bushed himself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you take care. Bye. Since
2: 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy manufacturers, adventure-ready organization, and security for your Jeep truck, or SUV. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by Sea Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to Sea Steak Coffee. Sea Steak Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you.
0: Order your coffee today at www.seasteakcoffee.com. Hey, man. I mean, oh, gosh, that... Interview. We had a lot of good things this week. Really, a lot of great things. But that interview with Michelle was just freaking amazing,
1: man. Yeah, I when you sent <clears throat> that to me, and I was just like, wow. You know, I guess I, I, we were already se- excited to bring her on the show, and uh, you know all the all the content and the things that she brings. You know, the light, the all the light that she sheds on you know survival and the outdoors and being a woman in the outdoors you know, all those struggles definitely, definitely somebody that's, you know, you'll, you'll find inspiration in.
0: Well, I, I just like the fact of her, her will, her, like, I, I'm not going to fail. Like she had such strong mental focus. Um, she, the humility that, that she had in a sense of, Hey, just that personal growth that she had, the, how much more that she could learn and and she's willing to absorb that. And, just the things that she did and just that self-evaluation and then she's able to carry on and share that message with people that she comes in contact with where they can apply it in life skills i mean i mean that is what i love about like hunting and fishing like all these things man i I, like i I probably i can't remember if i shared it in the interview or not but i i told my son i told this all the time i cannot wait to be miserable with you man because I know what that builds. When you look at the challenges like that and then someone says, "Oh man, my phone's out or my car broke down or it's not that big of a deal." It really isn't when you look at all the things that you like, "Oh my god, I didn't eat for 2 weeks. This is this is okay. I can deal with this." You know, like, "Man, so I, I enjoyed that interview so much and I, I could have talked to her for another like two, three hours easily. And she's willing to come back on. We talked about a couple things too. So I'm really hoping to bring her back on later this year as well. And she can share with us what she's got going on. Uh, just a real person like that right there. That was her. Uh, nothing Hollywooded up. It was, it's, it's, you know, what you heard is what, who she is. And And Michelle, I, I hope you catch this episode, but really sincerely, thank you for coming on. Um, and man, you covered some really cool things too, man. I, 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 this whole show, I was just thinking about, you know, we probably with the outdoor update could, while we're in the off season, pseudo off season for hunting, we can absolutely focus on habitat groups, management, habitat management groups, conservation groups, and really start educating people on resources that they can get involved in. Uh, like QDMA, you know, uh, national wild Turkey, uh, federation, you know, like organizations that are national even some that are local that we can bring to light to people to say because a lot of times too hunters need to know hey i want to get into hunting but where do i go who do i connect with and these right. are i mean they helped me when i got back into it you know chuck and the uh oh, oh my goodness i forgot backcountry what am i thinking oh he's gonna be so mad at me <laughs> but uh yeah the backcountry anglers uh, uh what is oh man i can't believe i messed it up anyways his organization, he's attached to. I'm actually a member too. They're gonna throw me out now, but uh, that organization has been super helpful. May has been super helpful. NWTF has been super helpful. You know, help me bring my son out. So I think that's a great thing that potentially we can do. Y'all can let us know what we think with that as well, man.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, I love doing that stuff. It's it's great to bring, you know, light to some of these uh, acts, orders, bills, laws, etc., especially when they need attention and, you know, we have a voice and we need to say something about it. But uh, like, like you said, or... I just appreciate, you know, finding these local and national level organizations that, you know, on a daily basis, you can contribute to, you know, bettering the environment around us. You know, that way we ensure longevity in our, you know, public game lands, which are ours.
0: Yeah, backcountry hunters and anglers hit me just right now, so of course I remember it now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I you didn't know, put that in. <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> staying healthy, you know, get on your mental game. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, so important. I mean, I, I, I love, I loved, and going back to Michelle's interview when she was sharing, like, hey, I, when she was talking about going on that, uh, learning how to guide for the ram hunt, and she was like, yeah, I just wasn't physically prepared for that. and she was sharing that when she was like learning some of the things and whatnot, and this is coming from someone that this is what they do like they they live out into the wilderness and they do this um and for her to say yeah hey i need to improve here that like yeah i mean you know what um i work an officer now i don't i don't do the things i did 20 years ago and there has to be an honesty and you have to be true where you're physical where you're physically and mentally at Uh, Cause if you're thinking, hey, I'm still that guy that I was when I was twenty five and you know, rock hard abs and stuff like that, and you try and go out there and act that way, you're not that way. It's gonna come at the worst time. You have to be honest with yourself, build into it. Um, and it's and you know what, it's just good preparation because the focus should be on the experience. And on top of it, when you're ready to take that shot, you're gonna take an ethical shot. You're not, you know, you're gonna be mentally ready to do it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So uh, you know, Kevin Yao and his club, man, Top Sound Jeep Club. I i have a such a special spot in my heart for that event and the group of people that go out to Topsail Island and uh they rebranded the, the Jeep Week there uh from the for the Jeep Club and for them to take that on, um amazing. And I did talk to Kevin I think uh, after the interview or or maybe it was a little before actually, before we started. So there was a club, actually, Outer Banks Jeep Jam used to be run by a group. And then out of the blue, like a couple months before it was supposed to happen, they just bailed on it. And a Jeep club that I just love, man, Goan Coastal Jeep Club, they said, no, we're going to pick it up because we enjoy this. And they just took it on their own They got connected and in like a very small time. And so here, you again, you see in another Jeep club, see an event that they enjoyed. It brings people together. And, you know, people can share, learn, and enjoy each other's company, learn things. And they literally said, hey, not on our watch. We're going to make it happen. And they put it together. These guys don't get anything other than the the joy of doing it. I mean, they don't get, they don't make money. Like, they don't make money. on Anything they make goes to a charity. So, right. just, that's what I love about these communities, man. I really love it.
1: Yeah, and I... I absolutely applaud anybody that's stepping up and doing things this year to just keep us regular with, you know, right. so many people fighting against it, trying to like, oh, shut it down. Yeah, it's not, it's not safe. You know, screw that. Like, we're still having our stuff. You know what I mean? I... I a hundred percent, you know, obviously responsibly or whatever within right. I mean, you know what?
0: I, I, I don't need a mom and dad. I, if, if we got to be responsible, hey, I'm I know how to be responsible. Um, and the thing about it is you do be wise, and, and you do you need that engagement. I'm ho- hopefully I'm heading to Yiwari this weekend. Um, and the Nexon tires are supposed to be getting here tomorrow i'm hoping to get those mounted on friday and then be on the trail on sunday so that's kind of no the goal way. that's the plan yeah no
1: way that's Coming the plan
0: Yep. so uh, i hey that's what the tracking thing said and, and uh i talked to uh paul via uh, text uh, earlier and uh, yeah so he's like yeah man so fingers crossed uh Root will have some uh, new tires and i'll be able to come back next week and give you an assessment of of what i but i the one uh disclaimer i need to add is so when this whole COVID thing went down, I just replaced my catalytic converter, and the the new one that I put on sits sits lower, a tiny bit lower. So my armor, uh, the uh, center plate under that protects the uh, the gearbox and stuff. Well, it, the the screws that I had weren't long enough, so I had to go get new screws. But then COVID happened, and the shop. Kind of closed up for a while. And then I told him, hey, next supposed to be semi tires. Why don't we just do it all together? Because they're on a lift. I don't have a lift in my garage and it's mm. easier to put that armor on with a lift. So I've been waiting to do that. But if I can't get that armor on, I might still go out, but I'm not going to be as daring.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe just uh, baby it a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) I need to to drive it home. (laughs) Wouldn't want to send something up through the oil panel. Right,
0: tires look good, but dang, dude, why is that on the ground? Why is your drive shaft on the ground?
1: (laughs) So uh, talk to me, man. What's going on here? It's the 24th, and I believe we have a giveaway going on.
0: We do, man. Uh, We haven't had anyone uh, brave enough to put the video the My Worst Recovery giveaway. Uh, So remember, guys, uh, gals, you can win. And right now, I mean, anyone that follow us on our social media, you're already entered, okay? So you're lucky. But I'm telling you right now, if you submit a video, a voicemail, um, a picture and a story... You get bumped up. I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, because we really want to uh just have fun with this. And a couple of people hit me up and they're like, Yeah, I'm just not sure if you anyway, well, you know, I put it on there, man. And I, I think that sometimes just the whole judgmental thing. Some people can be cruel on social media, so I kind of get it, but we're not gonna be. And you might win some cool stuff out of it. There's a factor fifty five Fairlead 1.0, Hawes Fairlead. There's a Flatty expert, uh freaking, uh, that you can win. And then there's a flat link, of uh, rope guard. So you can win all this stuff. And if you already have something like that, factor 55 is more than happy to modify it uh, for your knees. So it's, I mean, I'm trying right now do it, freaking do it. I'm telling you right now, or you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to donate it to a club and be done with it. So you have a chance, put it on there, have fun and keep it positive. You know, and I told you, you can have a little, you know, it does, it can we like honesty, but a little bit of a fish story, you know. Is it, you know, a little uh, exaggeration? That's fine, um, you know. But if you're in a, you're a Patreon, you the higher uh, level you are, the the more entries you get. Uh, you leave us a review on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts or even YouTube, you get an extra entry. Um, you complete the action items like that. You get two entries by following us. You, know, and you follow Factor 55 on Instagram and Facebook. You get three additional entries by just doing what we just talked about, posting uh, your story, put it on a voicemail, put a video out, whatever the case may be. Hell, you can email it. I'll do it for you. No big deal. But uh, let's have some fun with this and, you know, let's get a good story that's out there to help entertain people. Um, If you want to be super creative, even better, even better. We're trying to have some fun here. And it's a cool thing Factor 55 is doing. And, you know, just to stress this out as well, this begins our summer giveaways. We have more stuff to give away. This is like the first of stuff. I got stuff, and I've been talking to like an outdoorsy freaking place, trying to hook some things up, and uh, you know we kind of need your help putting those reviews, help putting those, uh, putting giving us those five star ratings, help subscribing and downloading our show, help. So you kind of start doing that stuff. We're able to make some cooler things that happen at the giveaway for the podcast. And then when we actually start doing some events, those you are able to come to it. We're able to get some really cool things that we'll be able to do for a raffle, raise some money for some good cause or something like that. Help some clubs out, help some peeps out. Whatever. I mean, you know, anyone has ever been to an event where I've had freaking the stars up, uh the red, white and blue tent. You guys know it. You, it's so easy to find a Route 16 grind or Route Six tent. It's so easy to find it. We always have some good stuff going on. Always have a crowd out there. So, hey, get on it. Do it. Have fun with it. I do want to put an update before I forget, Ethan, about uh Joe Jurgison. So I talked to the campaign today, and uh, you know, she's starting to move up. Great support out there. Uh, obviously, she's got my vote. Um, y- you guys, I hope you figure it out. Uh that's all I'm gonna say with that. But she's definitely got my vote. But she is going to um, she was gonna come on in early July, but she's she may have to reschedule or she may not be able to make it we definitely have spike coming on on july 22nd uh, is when i will be interviewing him and we'll post that show that week uh with that but um if she's not able to make it i'm gonna try and and work some things out with a campaign uh to get some things that we talk about with public land uh because one of her major platforms part of her platform is the environment which we tie in when i apply to get her to come on Uh, that was an area that we touched on, and I think that's one of the reasons why we were selected. But they've been very gracious and all that, but I'm also respectful that, you know, we're not a Joe Rogan yet, (laughs) you know. so she's got to get her story out there, her message out to uh, some some big audience, but either way, we're really appreciative. She can make it great, and if not, we definitely will be able to get the VP candidate, and hopefully we'll be able to get some words from her and whatnot, but I'll tell you, I just enjoy doing this. Ethan, I've Man, all the things we had from, you know, Tops Down Jeep Club, the, you know, the, the, from the field, the the content that you're bringing, uh, the interview with Michelle, wrapping this stuff up. this is what this podcast is about, bringing out good information, things that inform you, bringing some positive things out there, getting people energized to get outside, go do some things, challenge yourself. You don't give up. There's so much that's going on here. And hey, if you want to be on the show, you got a good story, or you got someone that you know that you will think will be cool, hey, hit us up, send us an email, hit Ethan up, hit me up, whoever, you know, just hit us up and we'll figure it out and we'll get them on. I mean, those young men we had on last week were amazing, dude. What a great story
1: absolutely and like Nikki g said and you know we talked about it's, it's just inspiring to see the next generation so enthralled with the outdoors and you know there's so much negativity i don't know i associate social media with a lot of negative connotations no no it's, well, it's true though without you know without social media we couldn't do what we're doing here so hey i'm i'm torn obviously but there's a lot of junk on there we'll just say and i i think that it gets used in uh not so productive manners by everybody not just you know our next generation of our youth and to see them taking you know things that we didn't have when we were kids and you know making these videos and being informative and being uh good role models for you know that next generation coming up is super it's inspiring to me you know you're never too old to uh you know, learn something from somebody of any age you know so that, that definitely caught me and I'm like man you know that's that's something that you know we all just need to take a second and appreciate and wonder you know how we can you know be influencers as well so
0: yeah you can learn from anybody and The end of the day is this, you know, you're, you can have your own opinion and I'll, I'll respect that you have an opinion and may not agree with it and stuff. (laughs) And that's the cool thing about it. And I think that's what we just need to understand is, Hey, you know, maybe that's just not, I mean, Guess what? I know some of y'all going to vote that way or this way. I'm not going to hate on you and be like, okay, you have your reason. I like the constitution and follow it. That's my reason. So we're just going to leave it at that. But I'll still respect the fact you have the reasons you want to go your direction. And we can still wheel. We can still hunt. We can still go learn things. We can laugh, hang out at the camp, you know, whatever the case may be. You need help putting your tent up. I'm more than helping to help you. I'm your neighbor. I, I If we just had a neighbor attitude, I, I think things would be better. If, I, if you're my neighbor... You know, I don't need to know your business. You need my help. I'm going to help you. Plain and simple.
1: what America was founded on. We just need to uh, retrace our roots. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you like that show, man. We had a great time doing it. But remember, if you have an idea or maybe you would like to contribute to one of our segments, all you have to do is go to root 16com and select contact and let us know your idea. That's dot com and select contact
2: for listening to the Route 16 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, Sea state Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared. GPS
0: What about mapping cupments, bro? <sniffs>